What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book, quitting the day job, becoming a best-selling author? Well, over four years, we've studied the advice of over 300 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over half a billion books. And we are excited to announce the Best Seller Academy. If you're ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, and coaching, your bestseller dreams are now only a click away. To find out more and apply, visit bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark Stay. And I'm Mark DeVoe. And we'd like to say a very, very big thank you to all of our wonderful patrons out there that are supporting this podcast and all of our Bestseller Academy members. And if you'd like to join either patrons, you go to the patron page on our site, which is a bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support and doors are open folks for the bestseller academy for 2024 if you'd like to join us in january either on our fiction or non-fiction program pop along to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com and folks before we go any further we've got a big announcement to make at the end of today's show so do stick with us to hear that big announcement big announcement (laughs) mr stay Stay, how are you doing today sir i'm good i'm I can feel it's the end of the year, can't you? I'm kind of unraveling yeah. a bit, but um, yeah, good. I've got I've got four projects on the go, uh, which you know uh, is probably probably three too many. Uh, but yes, <laughs> it's 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 all good. I'm getting words down, and uh, yeah, yeah, all good. I've I've had a whole run of events as well, which has been brilliant. Been busy, really, really busy fun. last month, hasn't it? I think more so busy than, than yeah, usual. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Pretty all good. good. Already a rock and roll. Yeah, and we've got. Um, over in Canada land right now. I went to the most <laughs> loveliest breakfast this morning. This is the kind of thing they do in Canada. They go out for breakfast. It's great. But this was a, I just want to give a shout out to this local organization called the SOS. They're basically a, a charity um, in, in, in our area that support families um, and, and seniors and basically people who are having a bit of a rough time. And what they do is they have this this local resort do this big breakfast where everyone in the in the town come along and they bring gifts like new gifts for families and and seniors and this is incredible you walk in the front of the building and it is like santa's grotto absolutely yeah. brilliant and then what they do is they distribute all of these gifts and stockings to all these families um around christmas christmas eve christmas day so it's just it's just lovely and they and that's just one of the things they do all 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 year round it's been running now for about 60 years and it's just the heart of our community it's absolutely brilliant so um thank you to everyone that volunteers there and everyone that supported it so it was a really really great event well this this is this is one of the things it's all too easy to sort of come especially if you spend more than five minutes looking at the news these days okay uh it's it's all too easy to sort of focus on the negatives and the things that are bad and the things that are out of your control and that you know and you can think oh the world is going to hell in a handcart you know uh but i think you just need to look around your community i mean you know we, we have this in home bay there are charities doing all sorts of brilliant stuff um there are good people in the world doing good things oh, at this very minute so you know, many. it's just yeah. the, it's just the nutcases get the news generally yeah um i yeah. I, I, uh, I saw that 
brilliant Tom Hanks film about Mr. Rogers, uh, mm. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I was reading out because Mr. Rogers in the States is a national institution. We never had him over here in the UK or anything like that. But I kind of knew, you know, he's cardigan and he sings that song and blah, blah, blah. But he, he, and he always had this kind of very positive mental attitude. And it was his, it was his mother who said, uh, when they were watching, I think like, Vietnam War was on TV, and his, his mother said, um, but always look for the people who are helping. Even in the worst moments, there are people who are helping. Mm. And that's that's what I look for in the world today, is there's a lot of terrible things going on, but it's a lot of good stuff as well. There's a lot of people helping out. You know, Brilliant. And it actually got me thinking, Mark, I thought a really neat thing that, I mean, just in the kind of on the writing side of things, a really neat thing for us to think about doing as a bestseller experiment community. So everyone listening to this, that includes you as well. Um, if you want to do something special this Christmas, go and buy your favorite copy of the book that most influenced you as a, as a child. Like, what is that book for you? And I know everyone's got one or hundreds, but you know, there's often there's one or two books that stand out and why not buy that book and wrap it up and find a family or someone that, you know, if you, I mean, you know, maybe outside of your own family or maybe it's your own kids as well, but find someone that you think that might change their life and, and get that book to them. Maybe leave it on their doorstep anonymously or, but just do something um, that passes on that gift of the book that gave you the inspiration maybe to write or the book that opened up your world to stories. And that, because that would be such an, it's, it's more than just a book that you're giving as a gift. It's something which could pay that forward to, you know, a young child, maybe similar age to when you read that book. So what would that book be for you, Mark? If you got, I mean, putting you on the spot now, but is there one book that jumps out that you think, Probably yeah, Hitchhiker's the- Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, because it's anyone can read it. It's really, really good fun. It opens your mind. It's a mind-blowing book. I'm reading a book called uh, 42, which is all about Douglas Adams, and it's got all of his uh, – I've been posting some of it. I've in the seen, yeah. yeah. It's got things like the rejections that he got from Doctor Who and, uh, you know, the um, little notes that he would write to himself when he was feeling down. And this is Douglas Blimmin' Adams here, you know. Uh, and it's just, it's nice to know that even he had bad days as a writer, you know, and had to sort of G himself up. And then he creates what has to be, you know, one of the most influential science fiction books of, of the 20th century. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> so- influencing Elon Musk. I don't know if you've heard, but his new oh, AI engine is... <laughs> well, no, his, it's his favourite book as well. You've got that in common with, with Mr. Musk, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's just launched a new AI engine called Grok. And it's a humorous, it's a humorous version of chat GTP. You can have the, the, the play fun version and you can have the serious version, but he said he was hugely influenced by Hitchhiker's Guide and look at him now chucking things up into space. But, um, <laughs> do you know what, do you know what the book would be for me, Mark? Go on in. I would get, I would buy a eight year old, a choose your own adventure book. Brilliant. Now I might, yeah, I good, might good get call. the, I mean, there's, cause there's two different types. The ones over in North America. Those were huge. I was looking them up the other day. 150 million copies of the North American Choose Your Own Adventures, which weren't the kind of fighting fancy ones that we were both into as kids. Yeah, the yeah, UK, yeah. you know, um, what was it? Steve Ian Jackson, Livingstone. Steve, and yeah, Steve Jackson, Jackson. Yeah, Steve Jackson, Ian Livingstone. Um, yeah, yeah. But over here, they're kind of, they were these white books and they were quite thin. And they were like kids like going on adventures. So kind of like almost like a Lean and Blight and kind of Famous Five yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, those books really opened up my imagination and 
absolutely loved the format of them, but I didn't realize they were so, so popular. I mean, I knew they were popular, but 150 million copies, that's, yeah, well, that's going some. I used to, uh, I used to do those with my dad. It was great because we, we, it was the kind of thing that we'd, we'd play together, you know. Really? It before, yeah, it's before we had a computer or anything like that. You know, so you'd so have a little was, score sheet at the front with your eraser yeah, and yeah, your pen and yeah, you'd, yeah. And you'd actually have discussions about whether to go east or west. Go or left or right. Or right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It was great. Really good fun. I say in some ways it prepares you for for driving with your with your missus in later life. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. Claire's a very good navigator, I have you know. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. Brilliant stuff. Well, listen, let's dive in and listen to uh, the incredible interview that we've got today. So, Mark, tell us about our not just one, but two guests this week. Yes. We have, a, we have a duo. We have co-writers, and we always like this. It's always good fun. So we've got Tracy Wolf, who's the number one New York Times uh, USA Today bestselling author of over 60 novels. She's from Austin, Texas. And then we have Nina Croft, who's an incredibly prolific author from the UK, now living in Spain. Actually, check out check out Nina's website, because she's moved uh, to Spain, and she's just living the life there. It's just amazing. She's on a farm. She's got a pool. The most amazing views is brilliant. Anyway, the two of them uh, have combined... Uh, to write a fantastic uh, new novel, Starbringer, uh, which has been billed as uh, Firefly Meets the Breakfast Club. And we discuss, among other things, how they developed a co-writing process that worked for both of them, why some characters get a stay of execution, and why it's important to concentrate on the little things. Fantastic. So let's listen in with Mark chatting with the wonderful Tracy Wolfe and Nina Croft. Tracy Wolf and Nina Croft, welcome to the bestseller experiment. How are you both today? I'm very well. Thank I'm you. great. This always happens whenever we have two guests on the podcast, you always see them look at each other and say, "Who's going to speak <laughs> first? So feel free to overlap and and what have you. It's all it's all good here. Um, I'm very excited to talk about your new novel, Starbringer, which you've co-written together, and we love it when co-authors come on the podcast. We love to talk about all that good stuff came about. But Starbringer sounds like so much fun. Uh, Tracy, tell us about it first, then we'll come to you, Nina. Okay, so Starbringer is the story of seven misfits who end up on on a on a spaceship going through their galaxy with everybody in pretty much the universe trying to kill them. Everybody's <laughs> got something out for for one of them on the ship, and since they're all together, they've got everybody on their butts. And uh, all they're trying to do is survive and also maybe save the universe at the same time. While they're also, it turns out, finding out that they have a lot more in common with each other than they ever imagined. Excellent stuff. Nina, I, I see this is, I saw somewhere it's inspired by sort of Firefly meets the Breakfast Club. Would that be a fair description? It would. Um, and I've got to say, when my agent first approached me and said, Entangled, want to know if you want to write a book, inspired by fly fly i was like yay <laughs> it's actually my favorite tv program ever um so yeah i jumped to the chance and yes it is it's uh, a group of misfits on a spaceship together and the breakfast club came in i think the breakfast club was tracy's idea and it worked very well with firefly the whole found family a group of people that don't seem to be the same, but in actual fact, find a lot of similarities in themselves and come together towards the end of the book 
Amazingly well. I'm sure we're going to have to work out how to get them apart again. A lot of readers call it Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it says it has like Guardians of the Galaxy vibes, right? With mm-hmm. all these people who are just a mess, but somehow aren't a mess together. What I, I like about this as well is it takes the characters on the face of it are types. There's a princess, there's the cocky guy. There's Tell us about those types and how you turn them from being just the usual tropes into into kind of uh, fun, living, breathing characters. Tracy, let's let's start with you on that. Um, character is kind of my jam, actually. Nina and I spent a lot of time at the very beginning of the book um, going back and forth, kind of deciding who it is that we wanted to put on this spaceship and and what we wanted to have happen to them and, and really spent a long time. I know this is kind of getting to the second half of the program, right? <laughs> a lot of time I'm working on... Um, on you know, what we we really wanted um, the story to say and what we wanted the story to look like. And then um, once we kind of had our ideas of who these people were, it was about, you know, really digging in. And um, and yeah, I, I love nothing more than than making characters that that people think are real. Uh, my daughter told me the other day that she felt like uh, one of them, if one of them walked into the room and sat down and talked to her, she wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, so that I think is all about not only just giving them an agenda, not only giving them, you know, backstory and, and all of these things that, you know, make each of us who we are, um, but also just remembering to count on the the little things, the um, the tiny little things that make you different than me, different than Nina, you know. Nina, when you were writing these characters, were the ones you were more protective of than others? Were the ones that you related to more than others or that you enjoyed writing more than others? Oh, definitely, yes. I think that's always the case with books. We don't like to tell our characters that, but yeah. And for me, I think it's going to be maybe, maybe, see, I'm, I'm prevaricating here. I don't want to commit. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably Ian. And Rain were my favourite characters. But Merrick coming, Merrick was a bit of a more secondary character. He's going to play a bigger part, I think, in the next books. He was also one of my favourites. But Ian, because he's the sort of bad boy type and I've always gone for. First love of my life was Han Solo, so I'm, you know, <laughs> totally into the bad boy types. And Rain, just because um, she's a lovely person. <laughs> she's a lovely you know, person I- in that situation. I think it's so funny because we had, I think, originally different plans for Merrick. And I don't think either of us expected to to particularly care about him as a character. And as the book went on, I think Nina and I both really, really fell for Merrick. Like we're suddenly super excited about what we're going to do with Merrick in book two. It's going to make life really difficult for him, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I also think that the fact that we both kind of fell for him unexpectedly saved him. Like I, I, I'm not sure he would have made it through the first book if, if we hadn't. Yes, somebody had to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting that, you know, you, you love the character so much that they get a stay of execution. So is, uh, okay, that's fascinating to me. That's uh, brilliant. Now let's go back to the beginning, really. Uh, and Nina, you mentioned that your agent got in touch and said that would you be interested in working with Tracy? Is, is that correct? So that tell, us, tell us about that first call and that first approach. Um, basically, she told me that Entangled was starting a new imprint, which is Red Tower, and they were looking for new adult fantasy books. Um, they were really interested in doing a science fiction included in that line. 
And would I be interested in um, working with Tracy? As Tracy said, her her strong point is characters. Mine is more world building and complicated plots. I like to make things very complicated. <laughs> so um, just uh, the publisher just thought it would be a really good match. We both worked with Entangled Publishing for a long number of years. and We both published a lot of books with them. So they know us very well and presumably knew we'd be a good match. Brilliant. So Tracy, did Entangled come to you first and then said you pick an author to work with or did they want you to work on your own or what was what was that first approach? Um, I, th- I think it was always supposed to be a group thing. Um, Red Entangled wanted to launch Red Tower. They launched it. The two launch books were Fourth Wing and um, Starbringer. And so they had come to me and asked if I would be interested in writing for the line I said, yeah, of course. I I, I love writing any kind of uh, any kind of fantasy. I'm I'm more of a vampire and witch and and dragon kind of girl. Um, but sure, I've I've always wanted. I've actually always wanted to write like a Breakfast Club in space kind of story, which is how Breakfast Club kind of got added in there. Um, so it was one of those things that you know you you have the idea and then you put it away in your book until you have time for it, right? And so when when they came to me and and brought this up. I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And then our editor, because we share an editor, her name is Liz Peltier, was like, I really think you and Nina would work really well together. Nina's done a lot more sci-fi, obviously, than than I have. And she's brilliant at it. And she creates amazing worlds and and just incredible, incredible, like, not just the big worlds, but, but again, those little details that make a world real. Nina is so, so good at it. And um, And they thought the two of us together might hopefully turn out something special. I, I I think it worked out. I'm really happy with how Steam Starbringer turned out. Fantastic. And had either of you collaborated before on uh, previous projects? Me, not at all, never. So it was a totally new experience for me. Okay. Tracy? I actually have several times. Um, my first collaboration was on a little book called The International Kissing Club that I did with two of my closest friends, and we did it for fun. And, um, and that was one of the like, like it, it, it taught me that co-writing could be the most amazing thing ever, you know. And so, from that time on, I've always been very open to co-writing. Um, I have, besides that, written a, a series with Carolyn Childs. We did a um, young adult superhero series. I wrote a couple romances with a very funny woman named Katie Grakowski, and then this. So I've. Oh, and um, I oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Um, back in the burbs with Avery Flynn, which was my most recent before Starbringer, um, and that was fun because she is hilarious, and we had a really really great time making the book as as funny as we possibly could. Now, listeners might be thinking, how could you forget writing a book? But if you look at Nina and Tracy's backlist, <laughs> prolific doesn't even get close to it. I mean, you've written a lot of books. So, um, but Tracy, having gone through that collaborative experience a number of times, were there certain methods, were there certain uh, ways of working that you brought to this project with, with Nina that you thought, okay, we're going to carry this across? Or did you find a whole new way of working? I, I found a whole new way. I find that Depending on who author, every author has a different process, right? Every author, no matter who you are, does things differently. You may not even like your process, but it's your process and, you know, it is what it is. And so I think that anytime you you try to do a, a co-writing collaboration, you have to find a way to make your process work with the other author's process. Um, and that means blending it into a whole new, a whole new version because no two authors are the same. 
Nina, so how um, how was the experience for you of collaborating for the first time? Was there any kind of apprehension or were you kind of running into it arms wide open? I mean, how, how was it? A little bit of both. I mean, there was definitely some apprehension. I mean, you know, when you write a book and you make up characters, they are babies and you never know what somebody else is going to do. And <laughs> as Tracy said, I'm really happy with the way it worked out. But yeah, definitely a little bit of apprehension in there at the start. Um, will I like what she does? And yes, I did. Um, so yeah, but open arms, well, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit scared. <laughs> oh, I think I think it's completely understandable. Sorry, Tracy, go. I was gonna say, I think I think Nina was amazing through the whole process. I know it was it was a particularly difficult time to uh, to actually be writing the book. Because I uh, I had another big a big series that was going on, and I was on tour for three months of the writing process wow. in Europe, on all throughout the entire United States, and so I, I she was incredible because it was I'm sure challenging on her side to uh, to try and make everything <laughs> everything fit into the the little block of time and. Well, let's let's talk about those practicalities of of how you work together. As I understand it, the the creative process began with a series of Zoom meetings initially. Is that correct? I forgot the name. <laughs> You're like um, Zoom meetings? No, yeah, no, that is how it started. Go ahead, Nina. <laughs> yes. Once we both said yes, yes, it started with some um, Zoom meetings that included our editor as well, Liz Pelletier. Um, and we basically discussed what we wanted, what we wanted to do, how we wanted to go about it. And after that, we worked together and worked on the first 50 pages. So we just wanted to get those 50 pages sorted out so we were all on the same on the same line and uh, working on the same story, basically, with the same ideas in mind. Um, and that 50 pages did go back and forth quite a number of times. Um, but, yeah, we got there. We got there in the end. I think we were all happy <laughs> with it. And then yeah. we just moved on from that. Tracy, you yeah. mentioned uh, that you both have these different strengths. Uh, in Nina's case, it's world building with you, it's character. But obviously, it's not like you can take a chapter and go, you do the world building bit, I do the character bit. It needs to blend. So what were the practicalities, particularly with that first 50 pages? Were you kind of finding your feet there? And and how was it working? Did one of you write a chapter, hand it over, and the other sort of edited it or or put their mark on it? How How did that work, Tracy? Well, we were actually working out the plot at the same time we work out the first 50 pages, which I don't, I don't, I don't know, Nina, is that your process? Because that's my process. But I think your process is more to have everything plotted first, isn't it? I'm a total plotter, yes. I yes. like have it almost down to scene by scene level. And I think that's the world building side of me because everything needs to mesh. And I find if I don't do the plotting beforehand, then... It doesn't mesh, but I find holes to fall into. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I think that this was a little different, but I think that it worked for us because we were really trying to find how we worked together. You know how our voices did blend together. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Nina did the first fifty pages, and then she sent them to me, and then I did a bunch of stuff on the first fifty pages, and then we sent it to Liz, and then she was like. I like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And then it went back to Nina and then it went back to me and then it went back to Liz and then it went back to Nina and me and Nina and me and mm -hmm. Nina and me and then Liz. And then at that point, Nina really sat down and um, 
we had in the middle of this, we were obviously talking and, and working out plot and idea, but then Nina really sat down and, and worked out the nitty gritty, right. Of, of where you wanted the plot to go and what we wanted, you know, to have happen based on these characters that we've created. Like we knew we needed to get here and we knew we needed to hit these places. And then Nina worked out, well, how do we do that? How do we hit all these little things that we need to, to hit in there? So that's kind of how, how the really beginning of, of the book worked for us, I think. And it's it's almost like tag team wrestling. There's is the two of you and and the editor sort of coming in uh, to kind of oversee things. Did that was the editor Liz? Was she involved at that level all the way through, or was it just for the first fifty pages and then she let you guys get on with it? First fifty pages, really. Yeah, she um, she once I'd sent the actual first draft of the book in, then she gave some information that she wanted included or didn't want included um and I went back and put that in um added some more world building as well that she thought was a good idea mainly to do with um evolution of characters on different planets she just said think about how they can evolve differently and add some of that in to make them more different basically um so yeah she did she did do some things but she wasn't as hands-on through the rest of it Excellent. And then Nina wrote the um Nina wrote the first draft of the book after you know we'd worked out the plot. She'd worked out the plot and we talked about it and done all that. Um she wrote the first draft of the book, which is different. I've never done it that way before. But right. again, I was on tour for three months and it seemed and this is actually the first time I've ever co-written with somebody not in person. Everybody else has been um somebody that would like, you know, that I would meet with once or twice a week and we would and this was all very like Nina's in Spain. I was all over the the world and the country and then um and then in Austin where I live. Um so it was a, it was a different experience for us thankfully we have Zoom. Um but after she wrote the first draft um I went through and I um I wrote the second draft I guess is what you would say um doing a a, a you know layering of character switching a little you know small things around um but um really kind of just building working on building with the really great building blocks she gave me for character and relationships and stuff like that okay that's fascinating so that's great so you those first 50 pages are about finding a common ground finding a common tone uh, of the whole thing and then Nina goes off and finishes the first draft which I think is is incredible because that's first of all Tracy that's an incredible act of trust and Nina you must have been I mean was there any kind of fear as you went into this were you kind of trying to say no, yourself no, by or? that point I was quite happy and excited about the way the book was going and the plot we'd worked out and I loved the characters so no I was just uh I was just really happy to get stuck into it at that point you know I'd been building up and building up and I just wanted to get it down so no no it was good good experience the writing the first draft I enjoyed it a lot fantastic and you mentioned that you're in different time zones did that help or did that hinder because I, I asked because when uh me and my co-writer, Mr. D, we wrote Back to Reality. He was in Canada. I was in the UK. So it was the book that never slept. I'd write something, send it to him. He'd write it, and, and it just kept going. But Tracy, if you're all over the world, did that help or hinder? Were you getting updates as you went along, or was it just shown to you at the very end? Um, Like I said, we were all the way up through November. Um, I was I was seeing pieces. Liz was sending me stuff. Um, that that Nina was working on. I remember specifically I was in a hotel room in Denver. <laughs> and I was it was 2 months in and I was uh, and that's how I know it was November because it was Denver. 
<laughs> and uh, and I was I was like, okay. And she's like, can you turn this around really quick because they 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 had some other stuff with different rights and stuff that were going on, right? And they wanted some pages turned around really fast. And Nina had had obviously written the first draft, and then they wanted me to 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 look at it and and do um, some stuff. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And so there I am, at, you know, three in the morning in this, you know. A hotel room in Denver having to get up at five o'clock to catch a flight the next day. And like, so not sleeping that, that night at all, just trying to, trying to, to get that done. Um, I think I've lost track of the question. Uh, <laughs> what, was, what was the question here? Basically, <laughs> did the time, did the time zones oh, the time uh, make a difference? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Answer, the answer is yes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah especially yes. if like something urgent was going on. Yeah. You're going to be a lot more relaxed for the next one, aren't you, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're so excited. We're just starting really the brainstorming process about that. I'm finishing up a book and then we're really diving in and I'm super excited about getting back to uh, to the Starbringer world. Excellent. I mean, what were the biggest lessons learned from the first book that you're going to carry over to the next collaboration? Was there anything that you, you're doing differently this time around, apart from not hopping around the world? <laughs> uh, Nina? Um, we are actually contemplating a different process. Um, we're actually thinking about taking different POVs. I don't know whether you're aware, but we had four different POVs in the um, first book. We might have even more in the second, or we might cut some and have different ones. Um, and we're thinking of uh, actually taking the different POVs and doing them each. So I'll take one character and do all his scenes Tracy will pick another. The only problem with this might be we might have a little bit of a fight over who takes who. And pick out names. <laughs> we do tend to have the same favorite characters. And that is so funny though, because when people ask, Well, who's your favorite? I'm like, Oh, well, it's it's Rain and Beckett. And then I'm like, Oh, but I really like Ian and Kelly. And then I'm like, But I really like and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love them all. Maybe so. take it one from each romance. So we sort of like back and forward on the romance sort of thing. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have to work that. That part out, but yeah, it's yeah. to be more of a back and forward system with the next one. At least that's what we're thinking at the moment. Excellent. So, if uh, an author was going to come to you today and say, "Look, I'm thinking of getting into a collaboration with another author," what's the first bit of advice that you give them, Tracy? Um, the first bit of advice about a collaboration with another author—that is a great question. I would, I would tell them. They have to check their ego at the door. Um, I think that you, when you really collaborate, especially if you want, you're working on, you know, something as, as intimate as a book, um, you have to, you have to be open to putting aside, you know, your own, you know, we all have our darlings, right? Everybody, you know, you talk about killing your darlings. We all have our darlings. You have to be open to understanding that this might not work and you may not see it because you really, really love this idea. But if the other person is, is diametrically opposed to the idea, you have to like, you have to, to be willing to be like, okay, well, let me, let me listen to your point of view and then be able to find a, a happy medium. Uh, when I wrote with Carolyn Child, we had a rule. Um, she was, she was a big rule person and, um, and, and it worked really well for us actually. She's, she's a great person. Um, and, and a fantastic writer, but her rule, and, and, and it, I, like I said, I loved it was we could change something, but we couldn't, we, we couldn't change it back. So if she wrote something and I didn't like it, I could change it. And then when I sent it back to her, cause we wrote back and forth, back and forth each chapter, I sent it back to her. If she didn't like what I did, she could change it again. She couldn't change it back to what it was, but she could change it a third time. 
Right. And um, and that worked for us. And we each had one veto where we were like, no, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that. And um, and that worked. But I think you have to take into account Nina and I um, wrote differently. And I think it worked for us because, we're, you know, like I said, every writer has a different process and our process is blended this way. But um, yeah, you have to make sure you're working on the good of the project and you always keep the other writer in mind. That is um, that is my piece of advice. Excellent stuff. And Nina, same question. If someone was to come to you and say, I'm thinking of collaborating, what's your first piece of advice to them? I think make sure that you like the other person's writing. I think that's actually really important. Make sure that you like their voice, their tone, their themes even, um, because it's fundamental and people aren't going to change that. You know, I'm not talking about process. I'm just talking about like what you write about and how you approach it and what you include, your sort of characters, just make sure you like it because you're with them a long time and it's half of the book and you've got to like your book. You really do. Excellent. That is actually great advice. Yeah, yeah, of course. Make sure that you respect the person that you're working with because if you don't, then I'm sure it would be awful. And I'm going to ask you both the same question again. Uh, Tracy, what was it about Nina's writing or writing process that surprised you the most? I, I know, I know, no, no. I, I, I think I've. I am a a big picture plotter. I plot. Here's the beginning. Here's the big scenes. You know, the big points I have to hit. Here's the end, and then everything else just kind of comes to me, including characters, as I go along. And I think it was. I don't know if it was surprising, but it was really fascinating to watch um, how in depth she was in in her plotting before she ever sat down to to write anything like that was super cool to see excellent stuff nina same same question what was it about tracy's writing that surprised you i don't think anything to be honest i'm going to say i don't think i was surprised during the process and a lot of what came back um was what i was expecting um i know i i do like tracy's writing and i've read a lot of her books and She's really good at emotion, and that is exactly what I got when she did that first draft. There was so much more emotion involved. My editor, Lizzie's always saying to me, more emotion, <laughs> more emotion, Nina, get more emotion. <laughs> and that is what um, Tracy added. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really a surprise at all. And Nina, is that something you're going to carry through to your own writing again? That is there anything more you've learned? Yeah. Of course, it's something I'm, I'm more aware of now. Um but I still more I'm more a plot orientated rather than a character orientated person. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of action. I like a lot of whatever. But I'm, I yes, I mean the answer is yes. I am going to bring it forward because I do like romance, and you do need a lot of emotion in romance. So, Excellent. Yes, and, and and Tracy, does this mean you might be plotting more, or are you going to stick with your own books? So you're going to be that kind of okay. I've got a beginning, middle, end kind of thing. Is is it going to change your style at all? Your working process? Well, I've actually written. I'm I'm almost done with. I mean, I'm an edit right now of a book that I wrote after we finished Starbringer. Um, and I uh, I did plot a little more on this one, I think, than I ever have before. So yeah, I think I totally uh, took that from uh, from Nina. Excellent stuff. How much can you tell us about the next book without giving too much away? Absolutely nothing. We're under light. (laughs) 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 Like our editor is very, like she she used to, she used to come to my lives to make sure I didn't talk too much about the Crave series and spoil anything. (laughs) 
Um, which was not nerve wracking at all. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so no, we are not allowed to say anything. That's totally understandable. There will be a second one though, right? That is, that is coming. It's coming. Tracy's nodding, nodding. Uh, listeners, uh, she's not giving one. anything away. She's just nodding. <laughs> there will be a second one. There will be hijinks. There will be romance. There will be fun and danger and lots a lot of, of sexy times and lots of emotion <laughs> and a great plot. That, that's what it'll be. That's what I guess we can tell you. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. What's coming from you in your solo uh, career? So, Nina, what's coming from next from you on your own? I hope um, another fantasy book, but this time um, high fantasy. I'm working with my agent at the moment, um, trying to find a home for it. And yeah, it'll be high fantasy, another world, lots of emotion, lots of adventure. No space, sadly. I will go back to space, but I'm going back to space soon anyway when I work on serving. Brilliant. And Tracy, what's coming from you next? I am just finishing a book called Sweet Vengeance, which is the first of a spinoff series to the Babe series. And it is in, it's YA and it's a bunch of uh, uh, kids at a delinquent school um, where all hell's broken loose. Sounds like my old school. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nina and Tracy, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Folks, Starbringer is out there now. Go to space, have adventures, lots of explosions and emotions all wrapped up in one lovely package. Uh, Thanks so much for speaking to us and hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We had a great time. Well, it's kind of fun, Mark, isn't it, to have some co-authors back on the show. We've done quite a few of those in the past, haven't we? And it kind of uh, is inspiring to see how just how different like pairs of authors work. I get a sense that like, yes. if you were to mash up two authors together, you're always going to have a completely different experience, even though I guess there's some best practices. But you're going to have some very different experiences depending on the... Uh, the different strengths. Yeah, I think you, you're going to have to, I mean, I'm co-writing something with someone at the moment, and I don't want to say too much about it, mm. but this other author uh, is a Sunday Times bestselling author and is, you know, really knows her stuff. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's been great working with her because we we sat down and we, we you know, okay, what are the ground rules here? How's this going to work? And actually we, we did a fairly fairly extensive outline not fifty thousand words uh, glad to hear it that uh, still yes. remains that still remains the guinness book of records still the record still yeah. the record uh, but, never to uh, be beaten <laughs> you know and it and it is has been fun and the thing that we have done is something that tracy and nina talked about at the end is we are we are writing different pov characters so i'm writing the male character she's writing the the female character Mm-hmm. And we're sort of, you know, the the the, the structure is A, B, A, B, A, B, you know. So uh, it's been great because we're handing it back and forth. And what, I guess what will happen on the next draft is we'll sort of, you know, look at each other's chapters and, and you'll get a style that starts to blend there. But it's great because you're kind of taking ownership of a character and, um, you know, being the champion for that character and things never get dull. So, but yeah, everyone will have their, their different process. And I think the thing is as well, once you've done it once, you're much more open to it. I mean, I've done it with screenwriting, which is slightly different um, because you don't have that sort of depth of prose. But having written, you know, Back to Reality with you, I was like, this is fun. This yeah. is actually really good fun. It, 
you know. I was just thinking, is there such a thing as a muddy middle when you're co-authoring with someone? Because Oh, there is, yeah. There is, but, but, not, <laughs> but not to the same extent. I think but you're the not typical, on your own, yeah. Yeah, the typical process for somebody like writing the book on their own is, is you, you get this great idea, you get all excited about it, you maybe plot a few points, you get and you get rushed into it, you want to start writing it. And then you do hit that brick wall. I remember Robin Stevens telling us really early on in the, in the yeah, you know, seven yeah. years ago, you know, that she, every single book, she'd hit that 20,000 words and it'd be like, oh, boom, you know, hit that brick wall. And the thing that I loved about when we wrote the book together was there was always this, this extra, well, two things. Firstly, there was always this kind of infusion of new ideas and fun and just being able to talk through something when we were stuck with something you can get out of the hole a lot easier when there's two people in the hole or one person can give you a leg up and and the other thing i found brilliant was this idea of accountability and i know for certain i mean i know i know about my own type of personality and i need i need accountability to to, to make things happen. So part of the reason why I'm writing a nonfiction book and announcing it on this, on the show is that it's given me the accountability to actually yeah. do it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I think about when you have a jogging partner and you know, it's winter it's 6am in the morning, you're tucked up in bed and you hear a knock on the door and it's raining outside and it's <laughs> minus two and you go to the door and you open the door and your jogging partner says saying, come on, get your tracksuit on. No, you'd never go out if it were just you. You'd be like, oh, hear the rain in the window. And you pull the duvet over your head. And I think, look at us with the podcast. I mean, would we have done this for seven years if the two of us weren't showing up pretty much every week, wasn't it? I mean, definitely with you. And and the fact that we're, you know, I, I would easily put off doing doing the episode if something else came up as an emergency, but we've always managed to do it. And it's because we're both showing up. So the co-authoring process gives you that accountability as well, which I think for some people, a lot of people, is it's hard to be self-motivated yeah. and actually get yeah. the, get the book done in a reasonably decent period of time as well. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say that actually because the the projects I'm co-authoring, we are rocking it. Actually, we mm. are we are having a really good time. The next Woodville book, I've got halfway through, and it's so much harder. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. but it is like treacle at the moment. I am at yeah. the midpoint, and I'm like, oh. It's, um, so, yeah. It's yeah. kind of interesting that you're doing those side by side. You're almost com- being able to compare, oh, this is great, this project, there's so much yeah. energy in it, and this is where I'm really stuck. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wonder if, I wonder if there's a – I wonder if there's an idea out there, which is where you – partner up like in the in the academy obviously we have writing buddies and the writing buddy idea is that you you have a writing partner for the month where you, you can just check in with them daily or weekly and say oh i wrote these words or i'm having real trouble with this and you can talk about things and just even just share word count but wouldn't it be cool if you buddied up with another author who was kind of your accountability partner you're not writing the book together maybe you're both writing your own books but you're each other's accountability partners and maybe you could get a session where you come together and you you both talk about where you're stuck and you can maybe fire some ideas but it's not like co-writing it's a lot less you know, no, like involved, no. but I think there might be something around that I might have to think about for the academy yeah maybe. yeah yeah it's worth thinking about I mean for me I'm on a contract, so I've got to finish it. <laughs> well, that's the other accountability, though, isn't it? I mean, most people who aren't they, signed to a publisher, they don't have that. They don't have that no. date where they have to deliver a manuscript to a publisher, which is great. Also, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want it to be the contractual obligation book. I want it to, you know, totally. to be as, as much fun as it possibly can be. I'm actually, I'm actually at the point where I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stop and reread from the beginning because I'm at the mid midpoint, which again, I've not 
don't think I've done before, but I think I'm going to do it now. I, mm. I, I've never written a, a book the same way twice, but I'm thinking, actually, I'm going to stop, go back, because I've been completely pantsing this one. Uh, I've got an idea. I, I know how I want it to end, but as a part of me thinking, okay, I've set a load of stuff up. Let's let's figure out what the downward slope is from now. You know, we're 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 at the mm. peak. I'm at the midpoint. Okay, and we're gonna you're gonna rock it to the ending. So love know, it. So I think I'm gonna stop reread, and then put some fuel in the tank that way. So yeah, it's like stopping at the, the petrol station, filling up, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> now, one of the things Nina and Tracy talked about were the different strengths when you co-write, and I think this is a really important thing to learn and understand. Um, that in the case of, of Nina and Tracy, you know, one was really character focused, another one was world building focused. And that's mm. great when you, especially if, and it's also when you're looking with the co-authors, looking to co-author with people, you don't want to find someone who's exactly like you because what you're going to, you're going to end up with a lot of clashes where you're both going to be wanting to do, you know, the same bits and then no one wants to do, you know, the world building, for example. So yes. <laughs> I think trying to find that ideal co-author is also knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and finding that partner who, who complements you in many ways. Cause I think that often ends in a, in a more dynamic relationship and probably a stronger book at the end of the day. Yeah, no question. And, and that, the first stage of that, knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, I think a lot of us struggle with that to start with. I think a lot of us kind of, until you've written something and finished it and can look back at it, it's it's tricky to to tell what works and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, uh, I I'm aware of things that I struggle with now, and you know, I'm sort of seven books in. Uh, to a career and, you know, and various scripts. So I, I kind of know what my weak spots are. Um, but I equally knowing what your strengths are as well. I think a lot of us need to at least put a hand up and go, yeah, you know what? I'm quite good at this, you know, wherever it's well building or character or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, and I, I think early on in your career, you're still trying to figure out what these things are, but when, when you discover a strength, you know, lean into it. And it's, it's so important that when you ask for feedback from a beta reader or, or an editor or an agent or whoever it is, I know very often we're looking, we're, we're, our first question is, look, what's wrong with this? What can I improve? But it's equally important to say to people, what's good? What works? What can I do more of? You know, it gives you something to steer towards when you, when you come to that next draft. And that's really important. Yeah. And I think actually it's something that's a bit overlooked. We've not really talked about much in, in the seven years, but writing that first book, there are so many achievements that you, you and, and milestones that you, you hit for the first time. And, and like I say, you know, no one can ever take the fact that you've written a book away from you when you finish it. But also doing that entire process gives you an opportunity to really learn what your strengths are, but also what your weaknesses are. And, and, and also leaning into those as well, because once we discover where our weak points are, obviously great in a, in a co-authoring, you can find the perfect co-author who, who fills yeah. all those gaps for you. But actually as authors, we should all be working on our weaknesses because that's where we're going to get the most gains. You Absolutely. know, do the thing that you find hardest. I mean, in some ways, you know, we find with Academy members, they, they look at the courses that are on offer and they, they often dive into the ones that you think, oh, yeah, I really need to kind of work on my beta blurb writing. I need to work on my characters. I need to work on world building. And, and it's about understanding where your weaknesses are so that you can then dive into them and, and, and really improve on them. Because once because you level up on those areas that you're, you're weaker on, and we've all got them. I mean, nobody's perfect in anything. And then you become a more rounded author. That second book mm. becomes a bit easier. 
and you discover a few more things about yourself as you keep writing. So there's so many gifts that you get through the process, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a never ending, never ending quest. Yeah. You know? Like I say, there's no such thing as perfection and I'm far, far from it. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, modern day co-authors have this incredible thing called the internet and uh, yes. <laughs> and Zoom and or Skype Zoom. or whatever it might be. I mean, it's incredible when you think about like how, if you think back like 50 years ago, you could only co-author with people really if they were local or maybe I bet you there's some books that have been written. I don't know of any, but that were written through through the post where they would send each other chapters back and forth. I Gosh, bet you there's I'm trying some, to think. It must have happened in the day and then and then they lose yeah. like a chapter in the post. Can you imagine that? But isn't it brilliant that like here we've got a an author in the US and, and also someone who's you know busy traveling around the world, touring the world, and a British author in in Spain. Yes. And they just jump on a call together. And it's so easy to forget how incredibly that's a lucky very we are. That's a very recent innovation yeah, as well. Really? When you, I mean, when, you know, pull the, yeah. when you pull the wide angle lens back, we, the, I mean, the internet is still in, nap, in, in nappies, really. I mean, you know, in a hundred years of time, you'll look back on this period. And we have to just occasionally stop and be grateful for the things that now we just are part, are part of our lives and we take for granted. I mean, look at us. Here I am in Canada chatting with you in England. We've done this for seven years. Mm. We've done it with, with you know, video now, which you, we, I don't think we even did it earlier on because it wasn't well, we was No, we did because we were on Skype, weren't we? We, we were I, on When Skype. you mentioned Skype, I was like, oh, God, remember Skype? I had to get it a special just, plug-in so we could record. That's right. The Skype didn't to come, record the audio. Audio. Couldn't re- yeah. Didn't record the video. Um, so, yeah, that was – and it, the, the plug-in kept failing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was um, – those were interesting days. And weirdly, it's it's the – it's the pandemic that changed it, isn't it? I mean, Zoom came along and just changed everything. Yeah, um, I think so it yeah. came, I mean, in terms of video, but to be able to see your fellow author, to yeah. see their world, to see the books on their shelves even, um, it, it creates so much more opportunity and potential. There are no there are no limits. There is no there are no limits. I mean, if you've got an internet connection and a laptop or even nowadays just even a phone or an iPad or something, you can collaborate with pretty much anyone. Yeah, I mean, the next stage will be a kind of VR environment where you can, I mean, the new Apple headsets and things yeah. like that. You you can all sit in an office together and spitball ideas. And, well, not you just know, that, not just that, Mark. But think about this. Imagine you're writing a book, say, in prehistoric times. The two of you can have your meeting in a cave <laughs> with Brontosaurus outside. I mean, seriously, that's coming, right? You can, you can, immer- you can immerse yourself in these virtual worlds. So... I often think about this, you know, we, we talk about how amazing it is to collect images and create a Pinterest board. And we're like, well, in a hundred years yes. from now, our great, great grandkids are going to be laughing at us talking about this because they're going to be like, yeah, but we just go to that world grandpa and we just live around it. And then we can see, and we can get a feel. I mean, how's that going to be for historical fiction going back to like Dickens's times or the Victorian era, um, you know, or, or wartime Germany and immersing yourself in what will feel like a Hollywood movie. You can just walk around the streets I mean, that's coming and it will feel, yeah. I mean, think about well, I video, think, fully immersive I video with, games. Yeah. I think with AI, that's, that's going to happen within our lifetime. I mean, that's, that's oh. pretty, that's, that's pretty close. We're pretty close to that already. Yeah. Um, but they'll still need writers. I know people worry about AI, uh, taking, you know, writers jobs away, but they'll still need, need that lived experience, you know, which yeah. is what that's all about. Exactly. Exactly. Now, 
In our extended day, we're going to do a special on writing ensemblers. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, this idea of you know, Firefly meets the Breakfast Club, there's all these people. <laughs> Did you ever see Firefly, Mark? Is that something you've Oh, ever I watched? love Firefly. Absolutely love it's it. A yeah, real, it's, really, it's really a real... It's a real... Like a cult that ended too soon, I think, what everyone was saying. Yeah, was really issue. did. Yeah. But um, I know that people that are really into it, they're really like major fans, really aren't into they? into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit of that. So if you'd like to join us for that extended, pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support and join the podcast, get loads of extra goodies and uh, be able to listen to some of these extendeds as well. So, Mark, we have decided rather than doing uh, a wins this week we there's a big announcement that that's being made down today's podcast and what i've done in preparation for it mark i thought just to Uh-oh. just to hark back <laughs> hark back to and we haven't done this for ages but harking back to previous episodes um i've got a drum roll you got the drum roll <laughs> like, yes how many how long has it been since we've had the drum roll the crap drum roll mark i mean what, it's been two years three years we used to have it all Longer. the time yeah. But yeah, so yeah. I'm going to let's, let's see if this works. Okay. So here we go. I'm leaving the podcast and the academy. Oh, <gasps> that's not a joke. That's not a wind up. I'm I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> Mr. Stays off the pastures new. And this is I know this is huge huge news, isn't it? Like 7 years pretty much almost to the day that well more than seven years we've been doing this podcast so it feels like a seismic moment it Mm. feels like a seismic moment and um yeah i'm absolutely i don't know where to what to say i'm 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 so excited for what you're going to be doing next and i'm absolutely gutted that we won't be able to do this together but i'm loving the fact that we're we're the things are going to so I should say that the, I'm going to keep the podcast going. I've got a yes, book to write. That, that's I've that's got, the important thing. The podcast is the podcast going to keep going. Keep it's going to be on. amazing. It's going to be better than ever. <laughs> that is the important thing to emphasize here. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, um, yeah, I mean – Share with share 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 with people some of your your thoughts on this market. Should yeah. I explain myself? <laughs> totally, yeah. Just just for a long time, listeners. Um, absolutely. You know, you know, you remember sort of uh, when politicians got in trouble, they would say, "I'm going to spend more time with my family." Well, I'm I I need to spend more time with my writing. Uh, I as I said at the beginning of the show, I've got four projects on the go. One of which is a TV project, which ha- potentially could take off next year. In which case, I, I'll have to do that at the expense of everything else. But I've um, uh, I love doing the podcast. I absolutely love it. It's been over seven years, over four hundred and eighty episodes. I think I've interviewed over five hundred authors, and over there on you know two shelves now, two deep. I've got all these books from listeners, you know, and they're just who've been you know published or self-published or done their own thing because of what you know all our guests on the podcast and everything it's just been absolutely amazing um but it's uh takes up a lot of my working week and um uh i've i need to knuckle down and uh focus on my writing and i uh uh, I, yeah, it's a seven-year itch, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, let's put it into context as well for everyone, because I know there's a lot of people out there. Hopefully everyone's feeling really down and sad about this, <laughs> like, like we all are. But also we've got to be philosophical about this because Mark and I were reflecting on this. And when we started this podcast, 
we would we we set it out as a 52 week challenge i mean it was yeah, the whole pre- it was the if you go back to the very first year it was like can we write a bestseller in 52 weeks and we had no plans beyond 52 weeks yeah. to even carry this on and the fact that we've done this together for 7 years one I'm incredibly grateful for because it has been such a blast. It has been so much fun. We both had, I mean, I, I was looking back, I was just going into random episodes and just like literally clicking on the button and almost every single time we're laughing about something. It's great. It's just been so much fun, but it's also been educational and and we both learned so much through the process. We're not going to go too much into the kind of like um, – uh, leaving party scenario yet because because we still have oh, yes. another we, we Mark and I will be together on this show until the end of the year yep. and also just in case you need your Mr. Stay fix Mark's already done a few extra interviews as well yes. so <laughs> even though even though this is a massive announcement next year Mark will still be on the podcast uh, in some guise or other. So it won't be a kind of a guillotine yeah. end of the year, yeah. Mark's gone. So just to kind of ease you into it. And the other thing as well, just to remember folks, we've got seven years of the two Marks, seven years. I mean, that is <laughs> ridiculous. And, um, and for, you know, and as we, we mentioned in the Academy as well, um, you know, Mark, you've been coaching in the Academy for three years. We've got all of that archived, mm-hmm. all of those sessions, yeah. hundreds of hours of coaching and, and writer surgeries and the like. And so I want people to um, enjoy the fact that we've got all of this. I mean, it's a recorded medium and how brilliant is that? Like imagine if yeah. there's so many yeah. places where when people leave somewhere, they leave and there's nothing left of them, but we've got we've got everything of you, Mark, still yeah. here, which is absolutely brilliant. So I'm really grateful for that as well. But um, I just want to say to anyone who would like, I'm, I'm putting together a kind of a a special kind of on our final episode together, which will be Christmas day. Um, I'm putting in a special, uh, card together for Mark. It's going to be a surprise card, Mark. So you didn't hear any of this, but, um, <laughs> if you would like to sign that card and leave a message for Mark on that card, you can do it by going Keep to it best- clean. Yeah. Well, no, actually you don't have to, cause it will be going just to Mark. I will, re- I will be reading some of the best ones out on Christmas day. Um, but you go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash M S as, as in Mark State. So you've got your very own little initials there, MS. And there's a form there where you can fill out. Um, but you have to get that done by now. What was the deadline? I should have looked at this in advance. The deadline for getting that done by um, is Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. No, Wednesday, December the 6th. Okay. So you've only got a couple of days. Um, after this podcast goes out together. If you do put it in later, that's fine. I'll make sure Mark gets those messages. But if you want a chance of some of your messages being read out, um, I, which I think will probably take up most of the show, which would be a lot of fun, actually, um, <laughs> do do that. Because I think it'd be lovely to honour you, you know, and, and, and you know, the end of this era, as I'm thinking of it as. Um, so do get along, bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash MS. Okay. Um, and I also just want to announce as well that on the academy, obviously Mark's going to um, not be coaching in the academy anymore. We have uh, already four new coaches who are lined up. Uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but we've decided to kind of mix up the genres. We've got female and male authors, best-selling authors coaching in the academy. So for everyone yeah, in the academy, proper thinking, authors, proper well, no. proper authors. But, <laughs> no, they're good. They're good. I know. I mean, as they're, as discussed, by, I mean, Mark and I, Mark yeah. and I sat down and we we talked about you know 
different authors that that, that we thought, felt would be a great to approach. And so I'm delighted that all of them have said, yeah, we're, we're totally in. So more announcements to come on that front as well, folks. Um, but yes, uh, we'll, we will be back next week. We'll, we've got another few episodes to do together. Yeah. Um, and obviously the big Christmas Day episode, which I'm really, really looking forward to, folks. So, so brilliant. Watch this space. And uh, I was going to say, Mark, you know, the two marks, it's, I don't know, uh, do I have to go and find another co co presenter who's called Mark just to keep that going? Is yes, that have to I be think one you of, do. Or I will think they have you to do. change yes. their name? Yeah, deep poll. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> okay. way. The only so way if you're forward. interested, give me a shout. But I, I will say I've got, I, I have started, obviously, uh, Mark and I have been discussing this for a while and, and I have started plotting and planning for um, things next year. I will say, and I'll just mention this as well, I do have a guest co-host joining me at some point next year mm-hmm. not decided yet multi-million selling number one new york times best-selling author there you go. you'll all know and love so uh, there's going to be some fun to be had as well i'm going to somehow try and make up for the fact that mark won't be with us anymore um so lots of exciting i'll be like, I'll be like the pete best of the podcast you this will be people will look back and go <laughs> yeah. he was in the, and he left just before it got really It'll be that really classic good. moment it's like when they, when, <laughs> when they decide to stop the show at like you know what was it the office when it was right yeah, at his yeah. peak audience yeah, no yeah. well hopefully we'll be mixing it up and and doing some really fun new things in the new year and obviously yes. i've got this book to write and i'm going to be documenting all of yeah, that and doing yeah. some fun things around trying to turn this non-fiction book into a bestseller as well so but yeah just just to, just to say as well i i at least i hope i'll still be in the bxp group on facebook yeah. i'll still be around i just won't be doing this yeah. uh, i have recorded a whole bunch of interviews in advance so you'll be hearing my voice well into january yeah um, at least but at i least. just won't be doing this pre and post stuff yeah uh, and uh but i am taking a step back i might take a bit of a step back from social media as well because it's a lot <laughs> yeah well i think i think at this, um, it is worth just mentioning as well because i was looking at, at w- what it takes to put together an episode of the bestseller experiment oh, as a boy, team it's a lot. and there's five many, of us many hours yeah five of us plus the guests that we have and i did work out that an average episode of an hour long takes over 30 hours of yeah yeah. Of emails, you were going to say man hours there, weren't you? I, I almost said man hours, and I thought, no, that's wrong. <laughs> um, but th- over th- just to give people an, an idea, it takes over thirty hours, yeah. and um, so that's why we always bang on every week about supporting this podcast on Patreon because we we literally couldn't do it without you. You know, we have we have we have people to pay and um, all kinds of things that we've got to do to bring this to you each week. So on that note as well, if you want to um, celebrate you know, the podcast in these last seven years and you and you want to support it moving forward, obviously, then, you know, sign up to Patreon and, and, and keep that going as well because uh, obviously I'm going to have a lot more work on my hands yeah. moving forward. We're going to have new yeah. people in the team helping out. So, yeah, please do um, please do, do, you know, chip in this Christmas. Sounds like almost like a campaign now, doesn't it? But um, It should be a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if you'd like to give a gift to the Best Seller Experiment, you'd like to keep hearing these shows. And obviously uh, now would be a great time to do that and to yes. double, double up your support, folks. And again, thank you to everyone who's already done that. And for many years as well, we've had some patrons with us almost since day one, which we are yeah, so grateful we have. for. Absolutely amazing. 
Okay, Mr. Say, well, for one of the last times, we're not quite the last time. Not quite there, no. Uh, We should probably just run through social media um, where people can find out about the podcast. Yes, you can find us on Facebook. I still have to read this off a a thing as well. Right. This is, you know, this is how much of an idiot I am. Okay. Uh, So you can find us on, let me squint, Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, We're Bestseller Experiment on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. We are at Bestseller XP. We're still on Pinterest, although I haven't been on there for a while. Um, If you've enjoyed this episode uh if uh, if our authors have inspired you do please give us a rating uh or a review wherever you got your podcast and please subscribe because the podcast is gonna keep going like i said it's gonna be better than ever uh thank you as always to our editors dave and jd brilliant and thank you to everyone who's done that because i looked on itunes uh, itunes or apple podcast or whatever it's called now 4.9 percent rating average the really? highest wow the highest rated writing podcast that i could find not even our biggest friends you know nearby <laughs> us have got 4.9 <laughs> so thank you to everyone who's who's you know and we you know we're not obviously holding people up against the wall and saying give us five stars but it really does help uh-huh. um get word out there so thank you and also if you'd like to join the newsletter and there'll be a lot of news coming out over the next month yeah. um honestly go along to the bestsellerexperiment.com click on the newsletter tab uh, sign up and we'll send you the weekly updates for our latest episodes and if you'd like to do the 200 word challenge something to keep you going over december yes. maybe a post the NaNoWriMo hangover or the NaNoWriMo that never happened um, you know get get onto the 200wordchallenge.com great way of getting through the Christmas holiday and a good excuse to get away from the rallies because you can just say look I'm going to do my 200 words right and then maybe that takes a couple of hours but anyway go and enjoy that um, 200wordchallenge.com and uh, yes as I said for one of the last times uh, this year not quite almost yeah not quite it's a goodbye (laughs) from Mark 1 and a goodbye from Mark 2 goodbye goodbye